Thank you very much, Ruth and Linda. Good morning, everybody. Practically everything about you and around you is constantly changing. You probably don't think about it because there's no necessary reason to, but for example, your body cells, what you're made up of. Your body cells are constantly dying and new ones being regenerated at an incredibly fast rate. Your body on a microscopic level is constantly changing and you don't even necessarily typically realize it. Your brain, your brain is active all the time. I mean, you're sitting there this morning and you're probably pretty still, but your brain is just taking in stuff. Your, your, your brain is, is adapting, telling muscles to do things, telling blood vessels to do things. Uh, your eyes are, are sensing stuff and your brain is going, okay, we need to increase the heart rate. We need to decrease the heart rate. There's constant change happening within your body. The, the earth, the earth doesn't stay still, does it? It is constantly moving, which brings about change, right? There are changes, right? The, the sun rises and the sun sets. That brings heat, that brings coolness, that brings wind, that brings storms. Mo- day by day, month by month, season by season, we constantly have the environment around us changing because the earth beneath our feet is moving and putting us in a different spot than we were just moments ago. We're we're surrounded by change more than we typically realize that change is happening constantly to us and all around us. Everything around us, everything about us constantly changes in this world. Except for one thing, God does not change. And that brings us to our our topic this morning. We're in the midst of a series entitled, Let Me Remind You, dot, dot, dot. And this morning's title is, Let Me Remind You That God Doesn't Change. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are, the great one the awesome one. We thank you for making us and then caring for us every moment of our day, Lord. Lord, we know that there are some uh, uh, here in attendance this morning, some online, um, that just uh, aren't in great health. They've got different health issues, Lord, uh, a variety of health issues, and we lift up those people to you, Lord. Lord, may they sense your spirit And Lord, would you bless the doctors that are involved, the medications involved, and would you just bless them with healing, Lord, we pray. Lord, guide us and direct us this morning through your Holy Spirit. May you just speak through your word, through me, and just uh, meet our needs where each of us are at uh, through this message this morning of of Psalm 139. In your name we pray, amen. 
But what if God did change? Okay, we've established He doesn't, but, but what, if, what if God did change? What if something altered and, and He decided to change? Maybe not constantly, but just, just for a few moments here or, or a few moments there. We would be in big trouble. I mean, we'd be in really big trouble if God decided not to be constant and unchangeable and if he decided to change from time to time. I mean, what if he decided to change one or more of his characteristics for the worse? God would no longer be perfect. Could you imagine worshiping a God that wasn't perfect? The Bible is full of promises, but if God is unreliable because he changes these promises, what, what happens to them? They're not guaranteed anymore, right? I mean, overall, the Bible would be a, be a nice book. It wouldn't be the good book, right? We couldn't necessarily rely on everything in it being true if God was one who changed. There would be absolutely no absolutes anymore. Things would be possibilities. Things would be maybes, hopefuls. When I was preparing uh, for this message um, and reading over things, uh, a movie came to mind, and, and you may be familiar with it, you may be not. Uh, the, the movie called Bruce Almighty. Now, Bruce Almighty came out in 2003. It stars Jim Carrey as Bruce Nolan, who is a TV reporter. And he's got quite the stresses and complications going on in his life. And he decides he's going to complain to God. Now, in the movie, God is played by Morgan Freeman. And um, he complains to God. He tells God, you're not doing your job properly. Well, God, Morgan Freeman, comes to Bruce and says, okay, you don't think I'm doing my job right? I'm going to give you some of my powers for one whole week so you can straighten things out and do things properly. So, in a way, at least the way my mind works, this movie kind of answers that question, what would it be like if God did change, if God wasn't perfect? At one point in the movie, and I don't know if you've, you've seen it or not, I mean, nowadays you can always look up clips on, on YouTube or something like that if, if this piques your interest, if you haven't seen it. But at one point in the movie, in the middle of, you know, uh, of uh, Bruce having the, his powers, he starts to hear voices. Many, many voices, hundreds, thousands of voices going through his, going through his head, and they're all jumbling, and he... he, he he can't comprehend what's going on. And so God has to say, those are prayers. You're now hearing prayers, and you have to deal with them. You have to answer them all. Well, Bruce is human, really. I mean, he has no idea how to answer all these, all these prayers. They're coming in so fast, he can't even you know, um, comprehend 
what most of them are even saying. So he starts to come up with different ways to try and, you know, uh, handle them and deal with them. You know, at one point he's like, okay, put every prayer on post-it notes. And, you know, yellow post-it notes, you know, by the thousands or, or, or millions just flood his apartment. So then he comes up with the idea, Bruce does, I'm going to create a computer system. He goes over to the computer and he creates a system where all the prayers are going to come by email to his computer. Well, that goes, that goes crazy because they just don't stop. I mean, I mean, some of us, when we get to work in the morning, if we've got more than 10 emails, we get, right? He, he had thousands, hundreds of thousands of emails coming in because the prayers just didn't stop. So then he's like, well, now what do I do? I, you know, he can't answer them one by one, you know, read them and answer them, and they're just coming too fast. So he decides, select all, yes to everything. Well, you can just imagine if every prayer that came in, and I should say, the prayers that Bruce was hearing were just from the Buffalo, New York area. He didn't even have the worldwide prayers. So in the movie, he just clicks select all and hits yes to all of them. Well, you can imagine the mayhem and the chaos that, that happened because of saying yes to everybody's wish and prayer. So the question is, what if God was more like us and less like him? What if God was more human and less God himself? What if God wasn't perfect? What if he wasn't as majestic as he is? What if he wasn't in constant, complete control like he is? If you think at times your life gets messy now, just imagine if God actually wasn't in control the way the Bible tells us he's in control. And maybe you, maybe you kind of, <clears throat> sorry, maybe you kind of know that, but you're like, well, what scripture reference actually tells us God's in control? You can turn, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you four, and we're gonna go quite quickly here, so you may not be able to turn to each one, kind of depends on how quick your fingers are in your Bible or, or on, your, uh, on your phone. <clears throat> but the first one is found in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. And this is quoting God. And just the first part of the verse says, I, the Lord, do not change. I don't think it gets any clearer than that. That is straight forward to us. God himself says, I, the Lord, do not change. Psalm 102, verse 24 through 27, we read, the psalmist writes, So I said, Do not take me away, my God, in the midst of my days. Your years go on through all generations. In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like clothing, you will change them, but they will not be discarded. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. There's comfort in those words. There's deep down comfort in us. Okay, so that's a couple Old Testament. Let's go to the New Testament. The book of James, chapter 1, verse 16. We read, 
Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. So that's everybody. Don't be deceived, everybody. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So we even get a metaphor now. God does not change and gives us a picture of how shadows shift and change all the time. One more. Hebrews. Verse, sorry, chapter 13, verse 8. Now, God is complex. We call it a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So what do we, what do we read here? We read in verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. We should find comfort in those words, knowing that we worship a God. We have the great God who is control, and He does not change like we do. So, I'm establishing the fact that God doesn't change, but what is it about God that doesn't change? Well, it's His characteristics. And the Bible can give, give us, gives us a list of many, many characteristics of, of, what, of who God is. God's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. God is love. God is good. God is graceful. God is merciful. God is holy. God is eternal. God is righteous. And that doesn't even cover them all. But that's a few just to give you a picture of who God is. And we don't have time to dive into every one of his characteristics and unpack how it's important and how it doesn't change. But what I want to try and do this morning is to cover the three omni words that I mentioned there. And you may be familiar with those characteristics. You may not have heard those words before. But I'm going to define them for you just, just so we know what we're talking about. So, omniscient. Having complete or unlimited knowledge, awareness, and understanding. Omnipresent means that God is present everywhere at the same time. Omnipotent means God has great or unlimited authority and power. So turn this morning, if you would, Psalm 139. We're going to camp out here for a while. And thank you, Ruth and Linda, for reading that already for us. I really appreciate that. In Psalm 139, we'll, we'll work through several verses here, and we'll unpack each of those omnis just, just a little bit. Because it, they're very complex, because God is complex. But the psalmist does a great job of just giving us a little picture to help us understand the, how it plays out in our everyday life, how God are those things. So, omniscient. Again, I'll just say, having complete or unlimited knowledge, awareness, and understanding. Verses 1 through 6 talk about God's omniscience. 
Verse 1. It says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You have searched me. He's already searched each of us. And you know me. This is past tense. God has searched you. He has searched me. And he knows us. He's not searching for us. He's not trying to get to know us. He already knows us. Verse 2. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. He knows the things we're doing and he knows the thoughts in our mind that proceed and lead us to do what we do. He, he already knows all that. He's ahead of us on that. Verse 3, you discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Familiar. He, he's not figuring it out as we go. He is familiar with us in everything that we do. Verse 4. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. That's kind of weird. I mean, right? But that's how omniscient God is. He actually knows before we speak. Whether we're speaking good things or whether we're speaking bad things. He knows how we're going to react and He knows those words that are going to come off our tongue. I like verse 5 here. He says, You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Hem is like a military term. Basically means to encircle, to surround. And what comfort there is in that. That when we need that protection... God is there and He will surround us. He will protect us in those moments that we need to be, whether we realize it or not. If you haven't really uh, experienced being protected like that, if you haven't heard other people's stories like that, talk to a missionary. Missionaries have incredible stories about sensing and knowing and seeing God's protection on the field. They're hard, to, they're hard to believe, but He's an omniscient God. Verse 6, Such knowledge is too wonderful me, too wonderful for me, and too lofty for me to attain. It truly is. God's omniscient is hard for us as humans to comprehend, to think that he knows everything, he knows us intimately, he knows us personally, he knows who we are, he knows the words we're going to speak before we It's hard for our human brains to comprehend, but that's part of the wonder and the majesty of the great God, Lord Almighty. Verse 7, we're going to turn to talking about the psalmist turns and talks about God's omni, being omnipresent, right? Present everywhere at the same time. <clears throat> but let me just back up a little bit there, getting ahead of myself. So let's ask the question, what if God wasn't omniscient? What if that was the one thing that changed? Well, chaos, because God wouldn't know what was going on. It would lead to chaos, wouldn't it? I mean, 
If God had to turn to CNN to catch up on what had happened, I mean, that'd be crazy, right? You know, if he didn't know what happened yesterday and now today he's like, okay, well, let's see what happens so I know how to move forward here again. Let's, you know, let's throw in a news channel like CNN or, you know, let's see what happened in Canada, CBC or... It'd be crazy, wouldn't it? To know that a God that we worship would have to rely on human news like that. Verse 7, omnipresent. We read, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? God is everywhere. We can't play a game of hide and seek with God because there's nowhere we can hide that He isn't. We can't play games with Him, especially a game of hide and seek. Verse 8, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, God is everywhere. And that should ultimately be comforting and reassuring to us that no matter where we end up, no matter what situation, God is there with us. Verse 10, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. Words of security, right? That powerful right hand image. God is there. God is guiding you and controlling you. He hasn't let you go. He's holding on to you. Verses 11 and 12. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. We can play hide and seek with one another. We can hide from one another, right? You can see somebody in the grocery store that you really don't want to talk to, and you can go down the other aisle, right? You can see someone in one store at the mall and keep on walking down the center into a different store, right? We can avoid, we can hide from people, but we can't hide from God. I mean, for us as humans, what's, you know, one of the most popular times to hide bad things that you're doing is at night in the darkness so people can't see what you're doing. But for God, God is the sole source of light in heaven. There, there's nothing. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't need to you know, light a candle. He doesn't need to put on the light on his phone to see what's going on. Darkness as is light to him. <clears throat> now, what if God wasn't omnipotent? What if he wasn't that powerful all the time. Remember, we're just looking at little examples. Being omnipotent is much more complicated, but we're just using one example that the psalmist has used to try and paint that picture to help us understand. So what if he wasn't? What if he wasn't omnipotent all the time? Have you ever had moments where you really feel all alone in life? You feel secluded, like nobody cares. There's nobody out, out there. And maybe it's something in the past. Maybe for some, you're kind of feeling that 
you're, you're struggling through that now. Those moments of depression and anxiety, you know, fearfulness. And, I'm, and in full honesty, I am sure that at the moment that those are happening, that they are intense and hard to handle and overwhelming. But let me tell you that if God was not omnipotent, I don't think any of us could handle the level and the deepness of anxiety and fear if God took his hands off and said, I'm not taking control anymore. It should absolutely be scary to us if we don't believe in a God that is actually powerful enough to keep things under control. Even when we as humans feel things are out of control and we're extremely fearful, we can always rest in knowing that ultimately God has a plan and He has things in control. Omnipotent. Having great or unlimited authority or power. Starting in verse 13. We, We read from the psalmist. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You created my inmost being. God created and gave us each a soul. Every human being has an individual soul. You knit me together in my mother's womb. That's the physical part. That's our, that's our bodies, right? Has anybody actually looked online and watched a video? You can now take videos of an embryo or fetus inside a mother growing. I don't know if anybody's taken time to do that. But it's incredible. I I mean, obviously, that technology was not there for the psalmist, and yet they were acknowledging God's greatness and ability to do that. But now we have the technology to actually watch that, watch that unbelievable uh, development inside of a mother's womb. But what we don't know, what we can't videotape, is how God creates each and every individual's soul. That's... That's power, real power. But even the complexity of the human body, I mean, we're, you know, 2022, and scientists are still working day in and day out trying to figure out this human body because it is so complex. God has made us so much more complex than even humans have been able to figure out at this point, and that's why we're constantly doing research, finding out new things about this human body that God has made. Verse 14, I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days adorned for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God's power is even in full control of the length of our lives, right? 
He, he knits us together at the beginning, and He's got purpose for each one of us. I will say, He's got purposes. You don't just have one purpose in this life, right? Because we as human, everything's changing around us. And your purpose isn't the same all the time. You have many purposes to fulfill for God during your whole life in many different ways, many different aspects. And those are God-given, God-directed purposes while we are here. But what if God wasn't omnipotent? What if He wasn't that powerful? I mean, I don't know. I guess any number of things could happen or, 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 or couldn't happen. I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, the psalmist is talking about a, a baby being knit together in a mother's womb. Well, if God wasn't in full power and full control, I don't know, could, you know, would babies be, you know, created when they weren't supposed to? Would they when they die when they weren't supposed to, you know, like, I don't know, could, could a baby even be created inside of a mother's womb with God being hands off? Because it says that God's in control of the knitting together. <clears throat> we'll skip down to the end here. Verses 23 and 24. The psalmist writes to wrap up, search me, God, and know my heart. Now remember what we read in verse, verse 1? What did we read in verse 1? You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. It's already happened. But after going through the greatness of God, His omnipresence, His omnipotence, His omniscience, the psalmist returns back to his their original words for the psalmist says, basically, continue to search me, God. Don't, don't stop. I know you've done it. Continue to search me, God. Don't become hands off. Continue to know my heart. I have a very human heart, a very human soul. Right? Don't walk away from me. Feel free to test me and know Know my anxious thoughts. Don't let me deal with my anxious thoughts all by myself, God, because you are great and mighty and you are unchanging. And because you are, work with me. Comfort me during those times, please. And while you're searching me, see if there's any offensive way in me. We're born into this world as sinners. So there will be offenses to God. And he's saying, God, if I've done something to offend you and I haven't clued in, show it to me so that I can confess that to you. It's, that's the whole premise of salvation, right? Christ came to this earth to die for our sins because we were sinners. And if we believe and we accept that gift, and we ask Christ to come in and cleanse our hearts, we can experience salvation and a deeper personal relationship with God. 
I think because we're humans and we're pretty, well, I know I'm I'm very often self-focused, very focused about myself, my little world, my little environment, that we all feel at times that God isn't doing his job correctly, right? God, come on, like just, right, X, like, oh, please, uh, you know, we, we just, you know, hurry up and answer that prayer. Why did you let that happen? Like, we're very focused on our small little environment. The world of me consumes us because of our humanness, right? But God, God is a big God. Too big for us to comprehend. And we, I mean, we just tackled three of his characteristics. We didn't dive into tackling anything else. And just in these three, aren't they really, truly kind of hard to comprehend how God is that, but we're not that? And because we're not that, we struggle with, you know, really understanding how God is perfect, how he's unchanging, and really just kind of how big and incredible he is. God is in full control all the time. And you know what? I liked, uh, if there's one thing I liked during COVID, I think that was emphasized. The number of Christian people I heard, this, I heard say, let's just remember, through all this, God is still in control. He knows what's going on. We can get through this. We can move forward because we know God is in control. Full control. Because God doesn't change. A song came to mind while I was preparing, and, and I'll, I'll wrap up with this, with this song this morning, and I'll just read it to you. I will not sing it. Um, it's a song by Chris Rice. Uh, he's a Christian contemporary music artist. I'm not sure if you're familiar with, with Chris Rice. Um, again, you can... Uh, look up Chris. Uh, one of the reasons I like him is he's got some, uh, uh, some very creative songs. He's got one uh, that's called um, uh, The Smell of Color Nine, you know, stuff like that. Um, but anyhow, uh, Chris's song, Big Enough, came to mind. And I just want to conclude. I'll just read through it, and then uh, I'll be done this morning. It goes like this. None of us knows, and that makes it a mystery. If life is a comedy, then why all the tragedy? Three and a half pounds of brain to figure out what this world is all about. And is, and is there an eternity? God, if you're there, I wish you'd show me. And God, if you care, then I need you to know me. I hope you don't mind me asking the questions, but I figure you're big enough. I figure you're big enough. Lying on pillows, we're haunted and half awake. Does anyone hear us pray if I die before I wake? Then the morning comes and the mirrors and the mirrors the other place where we wrestle face to face with the image of deity, the image of deity. God, if you're there, I wish you'd show me. And God, if you care, then I need you to know me. I hope you don't mind me asking the questions, but I figure 
you're big enough. I figure you're big enough. When I imagine the size of the universe and I wonder what's out past the edges, then I discover inside me a space as big and believe that I'm meant to be filled up with more than just questions. So God, if you're there, I wish you'd show me. And God, if you care, then I need you to know me. I hope you don't mind me asking the questions, but I figure you're big enough. I figure you're big enough because I'm not big enough. Thank you.